Welcome to the Experience Darden Podcast. I'm your host, Brett Twitty, and you are listening to a new episode. On this episode of the podcast, I'm excited to feature my recent conversation with Jordan Hart. Jordan is a second-year student in our class of 2020, and for those of you who've been listening to the podcast for a while, you'll recognize Jordan from her prior conversation here on the podcast with her classmate, Mike Denis. I asked Jordan to come back on the podcast to talk about some of her leadership responsibilities. She's currently president of the Tech Club. She also holds a leadership position on the Graduate Women in Business Board, and she even serves on the Second Year Student Admissions Committee. So Jordan and I sat down to talk a little bit more about her extracurricular activities, as well as how she spent her summer and her advice for prospective students considering Darden. So without further ado, here's my conversation with Jordan Hart. Jordan? Welcome to the podcast. Thank you. Thank you for having me. I should probably say welcome back to the yeah, podcast. Yeah, it's nice to be back. Yeah, repeat visitor. <laughs> I don't know if we, return. I don't know if we've had this with anybody other than oh, wow. maybe Donna Clark is oh my our, gosh. Our, our repeat visitor. That's good company for me. Donna, Donna's a high bar to reach, though. So, okay, be my best behavior here. <laughs> All right. So um, when you were on here previously, uh, you were talking with Mike Deneen, uh, your classmate and friend. We were talking a little bit about some of the, your experience choosing Darden and, and how you ended up here. I thought it'd be fun um, to catch up with you about some of the things that you've been doing since that conversation. Yeah. Uh, we have uh, some loyal listeners out there probably familiar with yes. your first interview, <laughs> so probably wondering what you've been up to. So yeah. um, maybe let's talk about your summer. For um, sure. Where were you and what did you do? Yeah, so I was at a tech company in Boston called Car Gurus. Um, they're an automotive marketplace, and I was doing product management there for their dealer product. So it was really great. Um, there were two Darden alums there, and that was kind of how I found the company. And it was a sort of a small team, so I really got to own a lot of my own projects, which was great. And I think, you know, you get to be creative and you kind of get to say, like, here's a problem that I think we should solve and just work on it. So I had a really awesome summer, learned a ton, like great group of people. Um, yeah, highly recommend if anyone's out there is listening. Car Gurus is an awesome company, great place to buy a car if you need a car. Um, so yeah, I had a really good summer and I feel like it was nice to see – it was nice to take the lessons, I think, from the classroom and actually be able to put them into practice after, you know, you you exit the working world for a year and you're like, who knows how this whole, like, business school thing will shake out once I get back into the professional sphere. And so it was nice to, to feel prepared heading into that and feel like it, it actually made me better at my job. So some of our listeners may be less familiar with car gurus. Oh, yeah. So what, what do they do? Yeah, so it's an automotive marketplace. So basically, let's say you're a car dealer – and you, or let's actually, you're a car buyer, and you're like, I need to buy a Jeep. I'm not really sure which car I want to buy. I want it to have these various specs, you know, X amount of seats or this size or something. You can go onto Car Gurus and search through a really wide variety of cars that are out there in your area. Um, it has the thing that I actually like the best about it, having recently bought a car before coming to Darden, is that they have this um, price comparison tool, so you can see if you're getting a good deal for the car. And it sort of aims to add transparency to the automotive marketplace in a way that has not previously existed so that you can kind of avoid the the maybe the fear that I think exists about like car salesmen trying to nickel and dime you for every extra penny. But um, I did not honestly know a ton about cars heading into it. So it was a great learning experience for me. I now know a lot more about the vehicles that are out there. But it's also a peer-to-peer marketplace. So if I were trying to sell my car, you could theoretically find me on Car Gurus, and they'll help facilitate that transaction. So it was it was an interesting experience. Um, I had come from the art world and kind of the art tech world before Darden, and something that we were grappling with at my last company was how do we move the art world and the art market into the online space, and kind of how do you 
transform what is traditionally a very in-person experience into something digital to make that transaction a bit easier and that kind of um, buying process a bit easier. And I think CarGurus is doing that as well. Like theoretically, you would think of the car buying experience as needing to be in person. But I think as the as the internet grows and as kind of data gets better, you don't necessarily need that. Um, and so that's what the company is pretty much aiming to do. And they're very data heavy as well. So it was a good... Uh, it was good to kind of get your hands dirty with, with having to work through and I'll crunch all of those numbers. So great, great experience overall. That's so interesting to think about um, people buying cars online. Right? Yeah, so what right? do you do like about the test drive? Do you then go to the dealer? You could, yeah. And so, I mean, I think it's – some people will just like, you know, see the car and they're like, great, buy it. And then go, I'm going to go pick it up and like done, signed, sealed, delivered. So like a 30-day yep. – okay. And then there's companies like um, Carvana, which CarGurus actually works with, and they you can just buy a car from them and they will just drop it off at your house. Like, here's the keys. See you later. You've bought the car. This is yours now. So it's, it really runs the gamut, right? But you can also use it. I think this is how probably most people are using it at the moment as a way to start the conversation with the dealer. So, you know, I've done all my research. I – I know that this is the car I want. I'm going to, I've contacted the dealer through the site. We've set up an appointment and now I'm going to go and I can kind of go in with the information I need to make a wise purchasing decision and have a conversation where I don't feel as the purchaser that I'm, you know, possibly going to get ripped off or possibly like not asking the right questions. And so it, it sort of aims to help, I guess, the buyer and seller go into the conversation with more transparency and with more kind of trust in the process. So it's, but I do think that in the future we are headed towards the era where people are just like, yep, sight unseen, bring that over to me. And like, that's mine now. And that's, like I said, it's similar to what we were doing at my last job where you're doing that with art and you're saying, great, sight unseen, I want that painting. So here we go. And I think, you know, it's, that's where the world is heading in a lot of different industries. So it's cool to be at a company that is, is thinking through some of those problems. Competitive space? Yeah. it's There are a couple other competitors in the market, but I will say something that was impressive to me about CarGurus is they've been around for a while. And like I said, they're a very data-heavy company. And it was it was really interesting to be at a company that like from their get-go has prioritized data. And I think that's what's helped them grow so quickly and help them differentiate themselves from their competitors. They really understand what information is important to consumers and kind of how to leverage that as a way to build that transparency into this you know, historically uh, tricky marketplace, let's say. Um, so it's, you know, I think each of their competitors approaches some of the questions we've been talking about a little bit differently, but I was, it was, it was cool to be on that like very data heavy side of like, here's a problem. How do we solve it using the information that we have available to us? And if we don't have that information, how do we go about collecting it? Um, because yeah, like I said, I didn't know a ton about cars before or kind of the automotive industry in general. And it was cool to say, all right, here are problems that car buyers experience. Here are problems that dealers experience. How do we solve these? Because they are most of them are solvable problems, especially now that we have the power of tech on our side. So. Wow. Yeah. Um, so you're someone who came to school with a tech interest. Yeah. So how did you find your job? Yeah, like how did I actually? Yeah. How did you actually job, go listening? through yeah, connecting yeah. with car it's, gurus? So how did I find that? You know, I think I found it through. Like I said, there were two Darden alums there um, who are really wonderful and kind of have stayed in touch with the school since leaving. And I know that they had shared the job with the Career Development Center, and I think that might have been how I found it. But I, like you said, came into Darden with a tech interest. Um, Tech recruiting is somewhat split between what we call on-grounds and off-grounds. So on-grounds are companies that come to campus. They go through a formal recruiting process. 
you know, they have interviews here and they kind of like go through the, the normal steps and it's all run through the Career Development Center. Then there's also Off Grounds, which is a huge portion of the tech industry um, at, at all schools. It's kind of just uh, inherent in the industry and they, they feel like here's our job posting. It's on LinkedIn. It's on our website and, you know, we'll see what comes back to us. So CarGurus was technically Off Grounds and I did mostly Off Grounds recruiting. So was looking at, you know, companies in San Francisco or wherever and they weren't coming here because that's just not how they operate. Um, anyway, I found them. I think like the the listing was shared through Darden, but it was sort of this for other other process where I did Skype interviews with them, and I sort of was just talking to them over the phone, visiting them in the Boston office. Um, and it was a, it was a great process. I mean, I think one of the nice things about Darden is that because it's such a small school, the the second years are able to like really get involved with the first years. And this is very top of mind for me right now because we're going through this with the current first years. So I was able to get so much help with interview prep. And like when I had these interviews coming up, obviously I reached out to the alums who were there and talked to them about that. But I also had second year friends who were like, oh, let me help you prep for this interview. And, you know, off grounds interviews, you never totally know what you're going to get. So let's talk through some common scenarios that you might uh, might he- have to deal with or some case interview questions that you might have to deal with in those. And so I went into it, even though it was, you know, a little bit more ambiguous than an on grounds interview, I still went into it feeling really prepared. And ultimately, it obviously worked out. So it's been it's been fun this year to be able to pay it forward a bit because Cargurus has more MBA internships this summer, and they've posted them already. And so we already have some first years who are exploring that space. And it's been fun to kind of do some mock cases with them and say, okay, like, here's how you can think about that question instead. And like, here's how you can position yourself for success. So it was it was really helpful to be able to lean on that network as I headed into the process. Uh, really appreciate your story because I think we get so many questions on the road and talking to prospective students about on-grounds recruiting. Yeah. Right? Everybody <laughs> focuses on on-grounds recruiting. Yeah. And when you talk to our CDC colleagues, they'll say, well, we only have so much space in totally. on-grounds recruiting. You know, We can only yeah. accommodate so many employers. Absolutely. There's all these other channels that are available. Absolutely. It's, you know, and I think particularly, like I said, with tech, that's sort of what I can speak to best. But as an industry, they only within the last 10 years or so have really started to this being tech companies have really started to explore MBA programs as a talent pool. Um, and I think, you know, a lot of them still don't necessarily have MBA internships, but they're they're getting better and they, I think, realize that this is a talent pool from which they should draw. So they're not quite at the process of like, oh, I'm going to go through the very formalized process that the investment banks or the consulting firms follow. And that's sort of what you would normally see with on-grounds. Um, and I think that's great. It's It's really structured. You kind of know what the whole timeline is going to look like, which is nice for, you know, it's nice to have clarity, I guess. But the I think the cool thing about off-grounds for me, at least, was that there were just so many opportunities out there. And it was it was nice to say, okay, do I want to work at a company like Airbnb? Because they have internships, and so I could apply to that. Or do I want to work at a company like CarGurus, that's a marketplace? Or do I want to work at a Slack or a Stripe or, you know, all of these different tech companies that are out there? And there are so much, there are so many, you know, companies and there's so much diversity, I think, of roles within those companies. So it felt like you could look at it as overwhelming and kind of saying, where do I even begin? But again, Darden has the resources to kind of help you navigate that. And there are second years who have just been through it and will help you navigate that. And so it's, for me, it was more of a look at this as an exciting opportunity to see what else I could be doing and see all of the many different ways that I could be kind of leveraging this degree to learn something about tech and to kind of advance my career as a product manager or as whatever in the tech space. Um, so it was it was nice. And it's on a slightly, slightly different timeline, so you're not necessarily locked into the 
interviews begin on this day in January and they're over by this day. It was it's a little bit more fluid, and so um, you know many students who are doing off grounds, some of them will get a job in you know December fifth. They'll get one today, but other people will get a job. March or something. So it's it's nice not to necessarily feel like I have to make a decision about my future right now. You can say, okay, I'm going to still explore a little bit, learn about these companies, talk to people who work there, learn about these roles, learn about what it would mean for me to be in product marketing or in product operations, um, and then kind of make an educated decision so that you can kind of commit and get the most out of your summer because that internship experience can be really pivotal. So one of the things, there's two lessons that have been shared pretty consistently from student to student on the podcast. One is that you have to run your own race. And everybody's yeah. everybody's timeline's a little bit different yeah. with career. And so some of the stuff that you're talking about there, I imagine can be stressful for students, right? Yeah. If you have classmates that are Absolutely. getting jobs and you're still in the interview process, you're totally. still searching. Um, uh, how, how does that feel? It's tough. Um, I think that, and I think that's something a lot of students struggle with. It's you know, particularly if you come in, let's say, like I did, knowing that I wanted to do tech and knowing that I would most likely be doing off-grounds just because of the types of companies I wanted to target, you hit this point in kind of early January when most of the consulting and banking offers have come out. And so a big chunk of your class already has a, a signed offer that they're, they like know what they're doing for the summer. And in a lot of cases for me, I was like, there are still companies that i plan to apply to where they haven't even posted the job yet. So, and I know it's coming next month, but like, I haven't even, like, who knows, right? How is this going to work out? But ultimately, you know, again, I think this is a very supportive community and something that was kind of nice. Oh, actually, about uh, the bankers and the consultants getting their jobs early was that there was just this level of calm that settled throughout the class. So it was like the the frantic feeling that was, you know, running across the entire grade in the first two quarters of the year calms a bit, you know, like you get to third quarter and it's like, okay, some people already have jobs. Great. Like there's less talk about closed list invites and all of these things. And so, you know, there is a a degree to which it's resilience or, or whatever you want to call it and sort of saying, I'm, I have to commit to what what is it that I came here to do? Like, why am I at Darden? Why did I decide to make this change for my career? Um, and, and how am I going to get there? It, you know, there's a, a component of sticking by that. But, I, you know, something I tell you to first years all the time is that the advantage of a two-year MBA program is that this is a long game, particularly in a comp- in tech industry, let's say. Um, like I said, there's plenty of companies that don't have MBA internships. So the way I try to encourage – this is the way I try to think of it and the way I try to encourage first years to think of it is look at your internship as a learning experience and look at it as an opportunity to – Try something new, whether that's a new city or a new company, a new industry, a new role. Use it as a way to learn something about yourself or about what you might want to do in the future. And don't necessarily go into it thinking, I have to get the job right now and that's the rest of my life because I'm definitely going to sign my return offer when I get it and then I'm, you know, that's it forever. And that's what the next 20 years look like for me is doing X job at X company. Um, there are so many wonderful jobs out there and there are so many wonderful roles out there. And, you know, the the benefit of being in this two-year program, like I said, is that you can use that 12-week internship to explore something and to say, do I like that? Did I not like that? What pieces of this job appealed to me or didn't? Did I like that city? So many people come back and re-recruit, even if it's just to kind of explore what else is out there. I think there's a – I know many of student, uh, many students over the years, not just my year, but in kind of previous years who – got their return offer, came back and still did for second year and still did some re-recruiting because I think there is something that's beneficial about 
um, choosing to take your return offer because you, even if you have other options saying like, no, this is the thing I want to do. And so I'm definitely going to take that offer knowing that I had other options available to me as opposed to just taking it by default. Um, so it's, I, I think sometimes you come into business school programs and first years you have this fear of like, what would re-recruiting mean for me? And it's like, it's actually a great thing. And it's, even if you end up taking that return offer, it's nice to, like I said, explore your options. So do look at whatever industry you're planning on going into, whether it's tech or, or even consulting, banking, ops, any of these things. Um, look at it as a long game because you've invested two years in being here and you may as well try to get the most out of it in terms of learning what kinds of career paths are available to you because you probably will change your mind about a lot of different things. When you come to business school, you'll take new classes, you'll meet interesting people and, and that will shift your perspective in some way. So that was actually the second point. Oh, that great. Was make. Oh, good. So, well, um, that, that's mind great. reader. <laughs> that's great. Um, so uh, I was reminded of this whole two-year process reading one of the posts that we ran on the Admitted Student blog yeah. last summer. Um, recent, uh, Well, now a graduate, Eileen Cowdery, was talking yeah. about how her process was a two-year process, yeah. right? And that that's no problem. That's great. You cool. know, you have two years to figure this out. Yeah. There's so much interest so much interest in sort of finding that internship and like so much energy devoted towards it. And the reality is that's really only half the time you'll yeah. be in an MBA program. So why not, why not explore? Why not, you know, Absolutely. use that internship as feedback? I know? totally agree. I think it's um, something that I, I think across when you're applying to business school, it's just not something that occurs to you. It's, it seems to be this mentality of get the internship done forever. Like that's it. But it's really, you know, it's, I just think of it as a missed opportunity. Again, even if you end up taking that internship offer, that's amazing. And like, it's nice when that works out, but there are so many opportunities out there and you may as well, you know, do your due diligence and see, I don't know, business school is about getting to know yourself. And so it's, you, you see what you learn about yourself and where that takes you professionally. So I think you also went on Austin Connect last year. I did, yeah. So fun. What um, was so let's talk about that because I think most some of our listeners may not know about oh, yeah. this. Um, so we have Bay Area Connect and Austin Connect. Um, we obviously do job treks and all sorts of things. To, to a number of cities across the country. But these are a little bit different. You want to talk about Austin yeah. Connect? Yeah, absolutely. So Austin Connect is a program that's run through the Batten Institute, um, which is our center for um, entrepreneurship and innovation here at Darden. And it's it was a program of, I think there were maybe 14 of us, and it was a mix between first and second years in the full-time MBA program, as well as a few people from the executive MBA program. So really nice mix of students. Um, and like I said, it was about 14 of us. We went down to Austin. And the point is really to help students who have an interest in that entrepreneurship, um, startup, kind of tech VC space, connect with people who are working in that space. So we went down to Austin last March uh, for South by Southwest, and it was great because we got passes to South by Southwest, which is uh, this great, um, it's like a conference basically that happens over the period of a couple of days in Austin. It's a mix between um, cultural programming as well as discussions a lot of times focused around tech, around VC, around entrepreneurship, around, um, you know, innovation and kind of political thought. So really diverse set of um, programming. There's sort of something for everybody and there's way too many activities to choose from. So it's a, it's a busy set of days. But we got there 
three days early or so, and as a group, we visited um, a bunch of different VCs, startups in Austin. Um, most of them were run by Darden or UVA grads, which was really exciting to be able to talk to, or other MBAs. Um, and it was really exciting to kind of talk to them about how they had used their MBA to pivot into the space that they were in now. We went to Yeti. Um, the Yeti headquarters are in Austin, and the CEO is a Darden grad. So it was really cool to kind of talk to him about his career path and how he, again, utilized the Darden MBA to figure out where he wants to be and then how he ended up where he is now. And so it was, I think the advantage of that program is that you get, especially in the first year, I think it's really easy to get bogged down with focusing on your classes or focusing on recruiting and kind of the things we were just talking about, about like measuring your own success against others or against whatever job you get or something like that. And it was cool to kind of get into the real world and remember that this is a, the, the MBA is a lifetime thing. You know, it doesn't end when you leave Darden. The advantages of having an MBA, the advantages of being part of this Darden, of this UVA network will follow you for the rest of your life. And we had a, we had like a happy hour one night in Austin with local alums and there were some undergrads there too. And it, it was just kind of nice to feel like we're a part of this network. And there are so many ways that you can kind of, again, use this degree to help you down the road. And Pretty much what we heard from every single person was, I started out doing something when I left Darden. I had some job. After doing that for a few years, I took a huge pivot, and that's where I ended up. How I, you know, where I am today, and it was it was kind of nice to know that that education process continues throughout your entire life um, if you let it, and you have to just sort of be open again to those opportunities, to those moments of change or kind of a risk, and they can really pay off if you if you put the work in and if you again leverage the Darden network, if you leverage the UVA network. Um, so it was it was cool to see how they were sort of being innovative and and kind of using the lessons that they'd taken from whatever their pre previous professional experience was and turning it into these exciting new companies. And I had never been to Austin before as well. So that was really fun. Great food, obviously. Great music. Um, and so it was It was great. to. I was very grateful to Batten, I think, for making that happen because we obviously then got to attend South by Southwest afterwards. So it was nice to feel like we were looped into this like really cutting edge space of um, really exciting thinkers. And we talked a lot about the entrepreneurial ecosystem here in Charlottesville, yeah. uh, but I think it's also fun for students who have that interest yeah. um, to get out to some of these real hubs and centers of entrepreneurship in, totally. across the country. So uh, Bay Area Connect, Austin Connect, two examples. Absolutely, yeah. And it's, um, you know, I think it, it was nice to be in Austin because I think most of the time people think of entrepreneurship <clears throat> and all of that as being really focused in the Bay Area. but. Definitely not true, right? Like you can be an entrepreneur anywhere. And Austin has this blooming like tech entrepreneurship community, really. It's very vibrant. And it was nice to kind of see these people explain like, here's why I chose to be in Austin. Here's how I used the resources available to me here to grow the company. And like, here's how I understood how geography factors into that. So in some ways, it was like, pick your city and go for it. And if you have an idea, like make it happen. But it's also nice to see that um, I think that, that that kind of creativity and those creative thinkers are found in a lot of different places around the country. So we've had many conversations with second years here on the podcast, and uh, we've heard a lot of things about second year. Uh, one of the themes has been sort of second year is what you make of it, um, and you have a lot of different potential directions you can go. Um, one common direction for folks is to get very involved with clubs and organizations. Sure. Uh, we talk all the time about uh, Darden being a holistic educational experience in that uh, there's what happens in the classroom and also what happens outside the classroom, and it's all part of the Darden experience. And so um, you're someone who's 
pretty busy, I would yeah. say, uh, in, her, in her second year. So um, what are you involved with right now? Yeah. So my biggest uh, commitment, I guess, is that I'm president of the tech club. Obviously, you've now heard me ramble on about tech for a bit, but I'm um, president of the tech club. So that's actually our second largest career club here at Darden. Um, and we offer a variety of programming throughout the year, not just for people who are interested in tech as a career, but also people who are just um, interested in the space. So we try to do kind of a wide range, like I said, of programming, either focused on helping you um, get jobs in that industry and build skills that will help you with jobs in that industry, as well as covering topics that are interesting, like AI and kind of the future of work and and some of these like buzzword topics that I think you hear in all of the tech crunch and all the other publications. So we try to offer something a little bit for everybody, um, which has been great for me. I certainly learn a lot. Um, I'm also the vice president of admissions for GWIB, which is our graduate women in business club here at Darden. And that's been really fun. Um, anyone who's listened to the pod or who listened to the last time I was on the podcast knows that I was very involved with admissions last year. Um, I'm actually still on the admissions committee as a second year, I'm still doing marketing, but really passionate about recruiting the next generation of Darden students. And it's been fun to kind of work on that from the lens of identifying top female candidates and helping women understand why this is such a great place to be at Darden. And then, like I said, still on the admissions committee. Um, so the, uh, the kind of added responsibility there this year is that I get to participate in student interviews. So when people apply and they're invited to interview, um, they could talk to me. And it's really nice, I think, not only to be able to meet with these students and hear their stories and hear why they want to come to Darden or why they want to get an MBA. But I think the other side is that it's very inspiring and it's very rewarding to be able to talk on a regular basis about why I love Darden and why I I think people should come here. Um, it's just a it's sort of a very healthy, I think, like, exercise of like, what is it that, I, that I'm really happy about right now? Like, what is it that I like about this place? Why should other people like this place? And it's a nice exercise having to go through that, you know, two times a week at least of explaining, you have these interests, like here's why Darden's an awesome place for you. And, and to be able to kind of be challenged in that way and have those conversations. Have you enjoyed being on the other side of the table, so to speak? Yes, definitely. <laughs> I also will say it actually is good prep for job interviews um, to conduct interviews, but it's it's really nice to be on that other side of the table. It's nice, like I said, to just to be able to meet the many like really, truly interesting, intelligent, exciting, like funny people who apply here. Like it, it makes me excited for the future. Obviously, the people that I'm interviewing, I will never go to school with. Like I'm leaving at the end of this year and so they would be starting next year. We won't ever overlap as as classmates here, but it, it makes you excited about what the future of the school looks like. It makes you excited to know the next generation of Darden students is so accomplished. They're so intelligent and like, you know, we're, it's in good hands, I guess, for next year's class. So it feels good to be able to to contribute to that and feel like you're giving back in some way. And I think with all of the leadership positions, um, UVA in general is a really student-run school. I think that's something that you know makes UVA unique and that is a, a big attractive feature to a lot of the people who come here, whether for graduate school or for undergrad. And I, as a second year, that's, I think, probably been the most rewarding part of this year is being able to contribute to those leadership positions and give back to a school that I feel has given me a lot, but also to help shape what the the direction of that looks like. And I think, um, like for Tech Club, for example, we obviously came in with this list of things that we wanted to do. And it's nice to be able to think about how do we actually accomplish that? Because given that this is such a student-led community, it is on us to kind of shape that future. And it, that's exciting. And I think it's not something that you necessarily would get everywhere, especially in a two-year graduate program in such a short amount of time. 
Right, because everybody's just passing through. Yeah, exactly. um, but just sad. Well, it's it's true. Your, your time here is. is yeah, you guys uh, are kicking me out soon. <laughs> days are numbered, oh, but um, no. one of the things that we, uh, as an admissions committee, will, will tell anybody who asks is that the interviews are our favorite part of yeah. the admissions process because you get to spend thirty five, forty minutes with someone, learn that person's story, get a feel for who they are, personality wise, and who they might be here. And so, um, it's fun to hear you talk about enjoying yeah. that experience because certainly for us, it's it's one of the real highlights of the job. Absolutely. And I think I this is people ask me all the time who are prospective students like what advice I give and you know now having been on the interviewing side of things truly just like be yourself because that's ultimately what we're looking for and it is a conversation. It's our favorite part of being involved with admissions, I think. I mean it's, as you said, it's it's just nice to be able to get to know all of these really bright students who are applying to Darden and who want to come here. And so come in as your genuine self because that's who we want at this school. You know, like we want to know you and we want you to know us. And and that's your opportunity in the interview to to express what that is. Yeah, we always caution people from focusing too much on the admissions committee through the yeah. <laughs> through the process of applying because I think there's a tendency. I mean, we answer a lot of questions about essays and about other parts of the application. And it does feel like people are trying to anticipate what we might want to hear. Right. When the reality is what we want to hear is what you want to share. Exactly. Right? And so I know that seems like really circular advice to yeah. be yourself <laughs> and be authentic. We actually have a video that just came out with Donna about being authentic in the admissions process, trying to maybe be a little bit more concrete in what yeah. we mean by that um, and give you some actionable ideas as to how you might be your authentic self. Um, but it is really the best way to go um, to put yourself out there, uh, both through the application and the interview, and the rest will work itself out. Absolutely. And I think, you know, with this is a little bit more um a little bit broader advice, I guess, but with with any MBA program that you're applying to, you want to go somewhere where they want they, they like and know the genuine you, right? Like they understand the true you and they're like, this person has a spot here because of who they are. They will add value to this community because of these reasons. Could be a lot of different types of reasons, right? But you want to go somewhere that is accepting the real you. You don't want to have to attend a, a program where you're being some inauthentic version of yourself. So, you know, think of that in the long term too when you're writing your essays and you're compiling your application is like, are you presenting the, the picture of who you are? Um, and I think I look at my class at Darden and the first years who I've gotten to know um, pretty well. And it's such a diverse group in terms of professional experiences and interests and just like what makes people tick really at a, at a base level and personalities and all these things. And it's created such a rich not just learning experience but kind of um, personal growth experience I guess over the last year and a half. And I would be I – would, I don't know. I think my experience here would have been so much worse if not for the – the really kind of like wide rainbow of, of students that we've got here. It's like you've got all, t- you know, all types and that makes it a better learning experience for everybody. And I think they're, Darden in general obviously focuses a lot on teamwork and kind of learning from each other. There's the case method. There's the learning teams, all of that. And so if you're not kind of coming to it, highlighting who you are, we're not going to be able to figure out like where you fit into like this giant puzzle that is the first year class. And that's that's a missed opportunity again. So it's it sounds like cliche advice, but do be yourself. That's what we want to see. So, so what have you enjoyed about being president of the tech club? Oh, so many things. Um, I, it's been really great. One, it's been nice, I think, to work with the administration a bit more. So working with the Career Development Center, working with admissions, working with the Office of Student Affairs, just to figure out what are the student needs and how can we address them from kind of the 
the more administrative side. Um, but then I think the other great thing is like I was obviously just a first year. I just went through the first year recruiting process. I re-recruited when I came back second year. So, you know, there's a I understand like what students are going through. Um, and it's been really nice to be able to work so closely with the rest of the board, with other second years, as well as with the first years to say, how can we address the needs of our students? How can we build a better club? Um, uh, you know, we spoke earlier in the podcast about the fact that the tech industry uh, is a little bit less transparent, I think, than maybe some of the other industries that MBAs go into, like consulting or banking. Um, and it's, you know, how do we, how can we solve some of those problems? And I think a lot of the people who go into tech are problem solvers. Like a lot of us want to be product managers and, you know, we like to collaborate and all of those kind of buzzwords. But it's it's nice to be able to say, like, here are real issues and, and what can we do as a club to support our students going through it? We've made a lot of changes this year. We've, um, tech is kind of actually a new industry, not new, but within the last seven years, maybe sort of new-ish at Darden. And so we've put a lot of effort this year into bolstering our career resources. We have case books this year. We were doing tons of different interview prep for first years. Um, we're bringing in new speakers. We've instituted this lunch and learn series where every, every two-ish, every three-ish weeks, we bring in a speaker just to come talk about some topic in the tech space. Um, a lot of times they're actually speakers from Charlottesville. So we try to engage the local community. And it, I think it's just been nice to feel like we have a say in what this space looks like at Darden. And, you know, it doesn't have to just be insulated to Darden. We've also been trying to reach out to some of the other um, graduate schools here at UVA and, and to leverage that network. So I think that's not totally an answer to your question, but I guess it's I like that it has so many different pieces to it. And it's one, it's nice to feel like I'm giving back, but two, it's nice to feel like there's there's never a dull day. There's always a challenge that we can tackle. There's always different problems that we can address. And, you know, it's almost like, the world is our oyster. There are so many opportunities out there. And so it's just saying, like, what's our vision for the year and, and what are we going to tackle and what are we going to, you know, put on the to-do list next? And so it's been a really fun way of doing that. I also will say that another nice piece about it is that you get to engage a lot with the alums who are working in tech. Um, and it's been – I, you know, have met a ton of amazing Darden alums who are out there doing cool things in the tech space um, and who have been very willing to kind of come back to campus. They've actually been like extremely eager to come back to campus. They're like, yes, a trip back to Darden, sign me up. Like I'll be there tomorrow. Um, and it's nice to kind of get to know them a little bit better and, uh, yeah, and get their advice just, you know, almost selfishly as I plan to reenter the working world. It's, it's helpful to feel like I'm starting to build those connections outside, even though I don't want to leave. Like I do acknowledge that at some point I, I will be kicked out of here. So. Well, you'll be one of those alumni that's exactly. just dying to come back to Charlottesville. You know, we had our um, – the Women in Business Club has a conference every year and we had our – and it's a sort of a day-long event of – programming for women about a lot of different topics, but um, it's all alumni who come back from different companies and they host these sessions. And we were organizing it, you know, two weeks ago or whenever it was. And I was like, how can I get on the list to come back next year? I was like, hmm, how can I start like working my future company so that they send me to come back for the GWIP conference? Like, I need to work that one out. So it's, it's in the works still. It's a work in progress. But Just negotiate for <laughs> exactly. it. Exactly. <laughs> I need to take negotiations so that I can be prepared for that. Well, one of the things that's great about student leadership is it is what you make of it, Absolutely. right? Um, so as a student leader, as a president of a club, you get to decide what the priorities are. Yeah. And obviously in consultation with your fellow fellow leaders and the leadership board, but um, that's such a 
powerful opportunity Absolutely. for someone, particularly, you know, as, as you've been a first year here, you were a member of the tech club, you've had experiences, and as a result, you have ideas. Yeah, absolutely. And it's nice to be able to put them into action right away. And, you know, I mentioned earlier, the two-year program goes by so quickly, and there, you know, I it, it's sad to have to leave after two years, but the advantage of that is definitely that you get here and you kind of really have to maximize your time with those two years. So you come in, you do your first year, you have a million ideas of ways that uh, things could improve or things you liked or whatever, things we should keep. And then you immediately get into club leadership and you're like, now's my chance to really push some of these things forward so that I know that I can leave here feeling like we accomplished meaningful initiatives. So tech has definitely been an emerging area of interest, I would say, for Darden yeah. students, uh, an industry with a bullet mo- quickly yeah. moving up in, in popularity as uh, number three industry recently. Yeah. Um, and it's and like I said, we're now the uh, second biggest career club at Darden um, after consulting, but only by about like seven members. So we're coming for you, consulting club. Um, next year, this will be different. Uh, no, but I think, you know, I think what's nice about tech is that, as I mentioned earlier, the industry has so much diversity with regard to the roles that are available. So there really is something for everybody. If you if you want to do finance, you can do finance at, at any of the big tech companies. You can go into fintech. Um, if you want to do operations, if you – something actually that we talk about a lot is the product management role. As I said, I I was in that um, this summer. It's a little bit of what I did before coming to Darden. But a lot of the skills I think that are needed for product management are collaboration and teamwork and leadership and kind of ability to research and ability to look at a problem from a big picture perspective, a lot of these other things. And a lot of those skills, I would say, are relevant in consulting as well in, in a couple of other industries. And so we actually get a lot of students who I think come in being like, I'm not totally sure what I want to do. But then they get through the general curriculum here at Darden. They're exposed to all of these different courses in the first year core. And they've built a lot of the skills that would make them a very strong product manager. And that's what ends up kind of pushing them towards that field because they're like, oh, I can leverage all of those new skills that I've developed and all of these new interests that I've developed. Um, across a lot of MBA programs, I think you see product management becoming the one of the new hot jobs to go after. And, and it makes sense to me because I do think, especially at a general management school like Darden, where there is that emphasis on kind of giving you a holistic, well-rounded education, you are very well positioned to move into that kind of role. Um, and it's fun. You know, tech is a great industry. There's a lot of exciting things happening. I think if you're somebody who likes ambiguity and who likes being creative and likes be innovating um, and taking some degree of risk, maybe, uh, there's a lot that's happening in that space. And there's a lot of opportunity for the go-getters to, to find something that's really cool for them. So we've talked about recruitment being a two-year process, and I'm curious, have you found your your role for uh, after graduation? Yes, yeah, I have. So having just said all that about tech, um, I'm going to be next year at McKinsey in their digital practice, which I'm really excited about. Um, I think a lot of the things that I was just mentioning about what I liked about product management, so that problem-solving ability, the ability to work on teams, the sort of need for collaboration and communication, and you know, being willing to wear a lot of different hats and kind of uh, improvise quickly between projects. Um, those were all things I loved about product management over the summer. And I I left, like I said, I had an amazing summer at Cargurus, and I kind of left feeling like, what exactly do I want to do with all of those skills and with all of those passions that I have? Um, I was like, do I want to go into, you know, digital payments for as a product manager? Do I want to go into digital advertising? Like there are so many different facets and sort of layers of tech. And so I thought, what should I do with this? I don't really know. Um, I came across McKinsey's digital consulting practice, and I really liked what they had to say about kind of how they worked with clients and how they worked to apply digital 
um, solutions and kind of digital innovations to the problems that their clients were having or the the needs of their clients. And so I thought, let me explore this, have some conversations. Uh, there are a couple of other Darden alums who are now at McKinsey in the digital practice, and they were really helpful to me in kind of showing me what that would mean to, to move into that role. Um, so really excited. I'm going to be in New York next year, which is where I was before Darden. And um, I love New York, so I'm, I'm excited to get back there. But I think it'll be a really fun challenge. I think it's going to help me grow and learn actually more about the tech space and about the digital space and how to be innovative in that space. Um, so I, I think it's going to be a, a new and exciting uh, challenge for me. But it's, yeah, the recruiting process, you know, like I said, a lot of people go through re-recruiting. It's really not that bad. There's a fear that of that people have, as I said. But um, the nice thing about second year recruiting is that particularly if you do on-grounds, I think I was done by the second week in October, maybe the first week in October. I mean, it's, it's a early, very quick process. So it certainly doesn't hold you back from having a great second year with the job already in hand. So... Well, Jordan, thank you again, and good luck with everything that you have going on, obviously. Uh, hopefully, our, our paths will cross up in New York next year at, yes, a, at an admissions so. reception. We certainly do a ton there. It's a major market for us, so we will uh, stay in touch with you, absolutely. Please do, yes. I, uh, I, I'm leaving Darden very reluctantly, so anything I can do to stay involved will definitely be something I take up. But thanks for having me. And that was my conversation with Jordan Hart, a second-year student in our class of 2020. As always, if you have any comments, suggestions, requests, anything you'd like for us to cover here on the podcast, we're all ears. We can be reached at Darden, that's D-A-R-D-E-N, at virginia.edu. And until next time, thanks for listening.